Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, we need to talk about another bank failure. We need to talk about our good friend, Billionaire Barry. And yes, I will answer the question why we bought a home in Las Vegas, Nevada. Folks, let's get into it. It is Sunday, July 30th. I hope you're having an amazing day. These are the key financial news of the day. First, let's talk about Billionaire Barry. Billionaire Barry has been a pretty common uh, topic on this channel. Obviously, the CEO of Starwood, been having a rough time. Uh, I believe Billionaire Barry is suffering from being very illiquid. He has since had a mortgage company go bankrupt. He has stopped paying uh, distributions on his REITs, and the list of things go on. However, something that Billionaire Barry has successfully done is he sold 1,900 homes. Yes, folks, 1,900 single-family homes. They were sold to Invitation Homes. Uh, Invitation Homes picked these up for 340K each uh, for a total of $650 million. What is most important about this deal is remember, my opinion, my guess is that Billionaire Barry is illiquid. So why might Billionaire Barry sell this 1,900 homes to Invitation Homes? Because as a part of the transaction, $495 million was cash. So very, very little leverage. Billionaire Barry needs cash. What is going on with Billionaire Barry and probably hundreds of other billionaires who are focused on real estate is they are doing two things. One, they are raising cash. They are selling anything they can to raise cash. Two, they are creating two portfolios. One portfolio, they're going to give away, give back to the bank when the debt matures. The other portfolio is their, what they want to keep when all this crisis abates. So I believe what Billionaire Barry is, he's already got his two portfolios. He's letting hotels and other things go back to the bank when the maturity comes due. He will obviously try to renegotiate, but he's going to negotiate from strength, meaning, hey, I don't want the asset. You take it. If the bank extends and pretends or does something creative, he will obviously keep it. <coughs> but my guess is Barry will let a lot of buildings go. And now he has a growing war chest to protect the assets he wants to keep. Folks, there are plenty of real estate billionaires who aren't billionaires. In fact, I bet if you did a mark to market on their real estate portfolios, some of them have negative net worth. That's how bad this environment is if you are heavy in commercial. And if you have debt coming up at the wrong time, it is going to be painful. But Billionaire Barry just collected half a billion dollars, which will allow him to protect his portfolio. 
but uh, expect more and more things to come. Let's talk about the consumer and let's talk about jobs. Let's do jobs first. Next week, we get really four important numbers about jobs and wages. On Monday, I'm sorry, on Tuesday, Tuesday, we get what is referred to as the JOLTS report. Basically for you and I is job openings. The Fed has often talked about the job market, specifically job openings being roughly 1.82 to 1, meaning there are two jobs for every one person available for said job. The JOLTS uh, report took a pretty big step down last month. I don't remember the number. I think it was half a million. The Fed would like to see that trend continue. We will see on Tuesday. Wednesday, we will get the ADP report, right? Uh, private payrolls. Remember last month. Let me remind you what happened last month. I think ADP came out with something like 583,000 jobs, but the all-important number on Friday was like 186. So the ADP report is early, but let's not forget just 30 days ago, it was wildly wrong and it caused a pretty big move in the stock market and yields. Then on Thursday, we will get the weekly unemployment claims. This folks, it is trending. Well, you know, it's hard to say trending down is bad. Good news is bad news, but I don't know. But anyways, the trend is clearly down. I think last week was like 219 or 229. We had been up to 264 for several weeks. Again, it is my belief the Fed wants to see that weekly number over 300. Probably three and a quarter, 325,000. And then the big number of the week, Friday's payroll number, what is the payroll growth and what is the unemployment rate? Again, the Fed is jacking up rates. They know that it has to eventually hit jobs. It hasn't yet. We have talked about it endlessly on this channel. Jobs are a lagging indicator. We are still sitting, if memory serves, at 3.6% unemployment. The Fed will not even be concerned until it's four and a half. So again, Friday is the big day. What is the unemployment rate? How many jobs were created? And wages, right? Do we see the beginning of a wage inflation spiral? So again, this week is all about jobs. Let's talk about the consumer though. This, I don't think we talked about this last week. The consumer is feeling better about the economy. Consumer sentiment went up 17 points month to month. That is quite a jump. We essentially went from the low of the period to near the high. I have just done a lot of traveling and I can tell you people are out spending. They generally feel like they're in a good mood. Uh, definitely very much services based. I do think it is very much what you and I've talked about for a year. We went from buying stuff to services, experiences. Right now, people feel, you know, in a pretty good mood. Now, is it summer? Is it revenge travel? Will this all come home to roost? I don't know. But right now, the average consumer is feeling pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, 
Let's talk about a rolling recession and what's now being called a rich session, what I called a year ago a white collar recession. But let's get into those. Rolling recession. Rolling recession is catching a lot of economists by surprise. Because near as I can tell, we really haven't had anything like a rolling recession since 1990. So 1990, 33 years ago, was the last kind of rolling recession. Now, what is a great example of a rolling recession? First, the Fed jacks up rates last summer. We see the real estate market crash in transactions. We go from 6 million to 4 million. Housing feels it first. We are now one year since that event. We are clearly bottoming, right? Roughly 4 million. I think the last report was 4.16 million existing home sales. We are seeing new builds take off. So what is a rolling recession? Housing goes in first. Manufacturing followed. Retail, okay. Services, okay. So it's different parts of this uh, economy. We may not get the dreaded recession call because what will happen is maybe when travel reverts, housing will be a positive. Housing, to my knowledge, has been negative GDP for four quarters in a row. It will, and probably in the next quarter, Q3, the one that we're in now, be positive. So again, this is, this is something to watch. Again, rolling recession, haven't had one since 1990. If you want to check it out, go back and research that time, that time period. Now, what is a rich session? So I read some articles about it this weekend. I, I referred to it as a white collar recession. You can call it a rich session. I think that's more catchy. Basically, what we saw the last six to nine months is we saw a lot of white collar jobs high-paying white-collar jobs take a hit. We saw it in tech. We saw it in finance. What we are seeing, at least the economists are saying, is those individuals who lost their job, they had a cushion. They had savings. They probably got a package. So they're not pulling back in any huge way just yet. And what we have seen because of the AI innovation and all this other stuff, people, generally speaking, are finding another job. Now, it's not as high paying, it may not be as lucrative, but they are getting another job. So again, a rich session or a white collar recession is interesting. And again, I go back to the service sector. We have heard endlessly from CEOs in restaurants and hotels that they are still actively looking to hire. So I think when you bifurcate the workforce, there is a portion of the workforce, let's call it, I don't know the number, I'm gonna say the bottom 50% on the income scale. They are seeing their wages increase dramatically, higher than trend, higher than the last 40 years. This is part of my idea that this economy, the employee is getting theirs. The CEOs and the board of the directors and all those folks, they got theirs for 40 years. Now we are paying the employees more. That's a good thing. If we can broaden the base, this is a good thing going forward. This is why I think we will see wage inflations a la the 1970s. Again, go get the 53-year spreadsheet. It's right there in the spreadsheet. 
This is why I think it will be wages year after year after year combined with relatively flat prices and lowering interest rates that will improve affordability. It is a slow grind. It is boring. It is not exciting, but that is my opinion. So again, pretty interesting to think about a rich session. So again, a rich session probably means that the you know, Economic Bureau does not call a specific recession in hindsight. It's interesting to think about. So I've been asked a couple of times, why are we moving to Vegas? Why did we buy a house in Vegas? Here is the deal. Right or wrong, this is what happened. Olivia and I have been very clear on this channel. If you've watched a lot of our videos, our vice, our thing that we spoil ourselves with is we like to go out to eat. Our eating out budget is embarrassingly large. We have been doing that for, that's the thing that we enjoy. That's our thing. Unfortunately, over the last 12 to 18 months in the Bay Area, our experience with uh, enjoying food has gone down dramatically. The quality, the experience, it's just, it's not what it was. Not even close. And that is because it's hard to live here on a, you know, server or, you know, uh, chef's salary. At least that's my opinion. This has been so acute that we actually started asking ourselves, we don't have to live here. Neither one of us have a tech job anymore. We don't have to be here. Where would we like to go? So again, one of the things that we looked at was Las Vegas. And if you watch this channel, we spent about six weeks there, uh, March to, or maybe it was April to May. We ate out twice a day, every day for six weeks and had a blast at every place. And it was cheaper. Go figure, way cheaper and better. So now that we have found what we like and our thing, then we start looking at other reasons. One, we have been in a condo, 1,386 square feet for 24 years. 24 years. We don't have to be in that small of a footprint, but the Bay Area is stupid and we don't want to pay stupid prices. So what did we find? We found a brand new single family home at over 4,000 square feet with a backyard that we will trick out. You don't have a backyard in a condo. If you wanna to go to the pool, you have to swim with you know 200 other people, not our thing. So better experience for what we like, bigger homes for us to enjoy, a backyard for us to enjoy. Three, networking opportunities. I don't know if you've seen them, but I was lucky enough to do an interview on Ryan Pineda's channel that has 75,000 views. Thank you very much. I was also interviewed by Sean Cannell from Think Media, and both of those interviews happened in Vegas. So if I really wanna make one rental at a time a bigger brand and help more and more people, I think Vegas helps. I've not had any interviews like that in the Bay Area, and I've lived here 50 years. So those are the reasons uh, that we are moving. Again, somebody asked, actually a lot of you asked, so I thought I would put that out there. So the other thing I wanna talk about is making big money with your hobby. 
This was really a big conversation with Ryan Pineda in the last 30 minutes and Sean Connell's interview. I want you to hopefully hear me. I believe if you have a hobby or a passion, there is money to be made if you want to go there. I don't care if it's building Legos, knitting, uh, I don't know, cooking, whatever it is. If you want to turn your hobby into a trickle of money, which ultimately could replace your W-2, it is out there for you. Here are the things that I would recommend thinking about. One, you must love what you're doing. You must be willing to invest time for one year and make zero dollars. Remember when I shared how I made a million dollars by accident, I made a thousand videos and made zero dollars. Remember, the first year is all giving. But if it's truly your hobby or your passion, it hopefully won't feel like work. That's how it felt to me. I enjoyed every day. The money was a happy accident. I didn't even know that YouTube could be monetized. How silly was I? Two, by giving, you will find your tribe. Yes, I know there's some kind of status with subscriber counts and everybody wants to be Graham Stephan or Meet Kevin or shoot Ryan Pineda with 300,000. Let me tell you, as somebody whose channel is still below 50,000, if you can get 5,000 fans, your tribe, you can make an impact every day. And I think the key to your passion and hobby is having impact, not income. If you want to generate income on YouTube fast, be a crash bro, be a doomer. It's, it's a recipe. It won't always work. I believe the algorithms will eventually call these doomers and crash bros out. But these people are still watching. You guys know who the crash bros are. They put out a video that gets 50,000 views and hurts you. If you want money, go become a crash bro, go become a doomer, be a sellout, be a broke mortgage broker or a renter in your mom's basement. You do you. But if you want impact, if you want to bring people to your hobby, to your thing, there's a better way to do it. And then finally, actually two more things. I would strongly recommend, and again, one rental at a time, this happened by accident thanks to Anna Kelly. Go find two, three, four, five other people in your niche that you can schedule weekly calls with. We produce over 40 pieces of original content each week on this channel. 33 of those or 32 of those are because I have other folks to speak with. The only things that I do on my own are the daily financial news. So go find three, four other contributors who want to give back one hour a week. And then finally, just over deliver, just over deliver. That's it. That's what you want to do. So now I have some very, 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 very good news. A lot of you bought Dan Bird's how to become a better stock trader, risk management, sizing, and it has been almost two, actually it's been two weeks today, two weeks. Good news. It is completely uploaded to Teachable. 
and every single person that registered, almost 200 of you, have been given access. So here's the deal. If you are one of my students before, which is about 60% of you, all you have to do is log into Teachable and it is already in your account. Just go and if you want to rewatch it or rewatch segments, it is there for you. If you were the other 40% and this is the first time you bought something from myself one rental at a time, I created a Teachable account for you. It is simply the name first and last and your email address. All you have to do is log in and it is there for you. Plenty of you have said, wow, I heard great things, I wanna buy it. Great, you can buy it today for $47. I will put a link in the description and let me tell you, it is worth every single penny. Now for the final good news. If you buy the How to Get Started One Rental at a Time course at $399, this now, if you want it, could be one of your free goodies. Remember, if you buy the course How to Get Started One Rental at a Time, you get two free goodies. If you want to make the stock course your one of your free goodies, maybe the buy box, maybe the mastermind, maybe how to leverage debt equity, whatever it is, you get two of those. So if you want to really step up and show that you are committed, not just interested, you're obsessed, not just interested, now you can and you can also get the stock course as a free goodie. And then lastly, we got a golden ticket, folks. Yes, Joshua and Elizabeth. Congratulations for getting your first deal. Your golden ticket will go out in the mail today. Folks, I love sending out golden tickets, black cards when people get deals. Uh, it is a lot of fun. And we are 1,213 away from 50,000, folks. 1,213. I can almost feel 50,000. This has been a long journey but we are almost under 1,200. Like, subscribe, comment, become part of the channel. Trust me, you wanna tell people you were part of the first 50,000 because we are not slowing down. Folks, I hope you enjoy that. This is the Daily Financial News. I'm gonna go off and record uh, Friday's session or Saturday's session next. Bye.